Welcome to Bubbles and Biz, where we raise a glass to small business owners and entrepreneurs. Hi, I'm Nicole Bernard, and I'll be your host. I've been a small business owner for over 12 years, and I know how hard it is to market your business effectively. With all the tools out there, it can be confusing, and with all the tasks of running a business, it can be hard to find the time. In this podcast, I'll cover best marketing practices, essential tips and tricks to grow your business, and chat with other business owners to glean valuable information that they are using to crush their goals. So grab a glass and let's chat. Hey guys, and welcome back to Bubbles and Biz, where we raise a glass to small business owners and entrepreneurs. Uh, This week, I am super excited to chat with fellow business owner, Kizzy Parks. She is the president of K Parks Consulting, Um, And yeah, I am just really, I was looking at your website earlier and I just can't wait to learn more um, about you and your business. So thanks for joining me. Well, thank you so much for having me, Nicole. I'm so honored to be here today. Yeah. Yeah. I can't wait to just, yeah. Like I said, before we started recording, just love talking with other business owners and hearing their stories and, you know, any wins and struggles and all that. Um, Yeah. I'd love to dive in and, you know, just hear about, you know, how did you become a business owner? Like, did you always do what you do? And, and if you could tell us too, a little bit about about your business and, and who you guys help. Yeah. I always knew I was going to be an entrepreneur ever since I was a little girl. Like I knew I was going to be an entrepreneur and I knew I was going to get advanced an advanced degree in psychology. And so I started off reselling golf balls (laughs) behind my friend's house cleaning them and then hustling them to the golfers through the fence in good old Danville, Illinois. So I've always been entrepreneurial. And so I, (laughs) I, I really was super blessed where my last, like my, the last few weeks of finishing up my dissertation, I was ending my graduate research fellow position at it's now called Patrick Space Force in Central Florida. And the director of research said, you know, I heard you're, you're graduating soon. Would you like to stay on as a government contractor? And I had no idea what that meant. I just know, knew that I had a ton of student loans to pay and I was entrepreneurial. And I said, yeah, I totally will do this. I said, however, I'm not just going to be another person sitting here in the office. I'm going to be a you know, 1099 and I'm going to establish my own business. And he was like, okay, whatever. I don't care. (laughs) And so, uh, that's what happened. So like right out of graduate school, I got my first contract worth almost six figures. Whoa. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Dang. That's so cool. How long were you (laughs) with them? So they were a client. Oh man. They were a client for several years almost five years. They were a client. Uh, I'm still in contact with them today. I would love to win some more work out there. Uh, but it, it taught me so much Mm -hmm. and that's something, man, nothing could replace that. Not an MBA, not an entrepreneurial program, just all the experience I gained of navigating the military and Department of Defense spaces because I had no experience. Because some of your listeners may think, oh, well, 
maybe she served in the military or her parents or her, somebody worked in the government. My parents served in the military. My father did like eons ago, like before like Vietnam, you know, Vietnam war. So I didn't have any kind of inroads into the federal government. I just wanted to be able to also just kind of serve. And so it provided this great gateway because I also started picking up private sector clients. Mm -hmm. So if maybe you're wondering, well, what do you do and what, how did you add value? So taking a step back, um, I started out offering a lot of research, data analytics, thought leadership, helping with papers, helping with uh, white papers, helping just research whatever topics like don't ask, don't tell at the time and others. And that was a value. And from there, different federal agencies would come across me and I was paid to speak. And then I started getting bigger contracts and I eventually pivot. But before I made the pivot, I was connected to a small diversity and inclusion consulting firm. And through their past performance and their experience, I started providing services to TIAA CREF, to different hospitals, to Medtronic. And it, it was perfect because I, it really hit me that I offered something that was value add other than the typical nine to five or being an internal consultant or an external consultant for a huge conglomerate. And so that's kind of how things started and, and where I began during the early years of KPC. That's awesome. I have to imagine yeah. working with like <laughs> the federal government slash military is quite different than like working with private sector, huh? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely different. And the, the thing that was, I'll never forget this because I started out there as an, as this graduate research fellow. So I was only out there a few hours a week. So it was kind of like, oh, who's that? Oh, that's Kizzy. She's a grad student at FIT. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, the next day it was like one of those Disney movies where they get the makeover and the next day, everybody's like, who is that? <laughs> and that's, and like the day after I, I graduated and they were like, oh, that's Dr. Parks. And I was like, Dr. Parks, what? I was like, what just happened? I'm the same person. <laughs> and, and the thing is that was so value added mm -hmm. in the department of defense. Like that alone really catapulted what I was able to do. Mm -hmm. And so it was, it was mind blowing just how things change the privileges that started to open up because of the degree where on the private sector side, not that people were dismissive, but it was dependent on the type of client. So if it was a client, for instance, um, we provided services to a couple of like hospitals, um, hospitals affiliated with universities. So for them, they respected the PhD. That was fine. But for other organizations, I mean, they really could care less. All that they mm -hmm. mattered or all they were concerned with was, was the company I was partnered with, were they able to resolve the issue that they were paying them to resolve? Right. <laughs> yeah. So, so that, and the so budget. that was one. Yeah. And the budget. So it, it was, it was definitely a learning and also just, um, I would say the other thing is that in the federal space, both defense and non-defense is like, 
you just have to be patient and no different than a private sector client is they're people, mm-hmm. no matter if they're a political appointee, if they have a fancy title or they've worked in the government way before you were born, it doesn't matter. Like they're all still people. I would say the biggest differential is that in the public sector, I mean, in the private sector, uh, people come and go and, 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 and in some companies, yeah, you have employees that are, have been there forever, but in the federal government, I mean, you have the same, but I would say the difference is you have, you have people who have been in the federal space for a really long time. Mm-hmm. So they may not have been with that agency for 20 years, but they've been with the federal government for a really long time. And so it's just something to take note of. Um, so it just kind of adds to the whole client delivery experience. Yeah, totally. So being an entrepreneur, you know, and having a business and big contracts and just, you know, being human, um, sometimes it's hard, I feel like, to balance certain things. Um, Do you have any tips on how you balance your work and life? Girl, let me tell you, (laughs) (laughs) Nicole, I mean, I, at this stage in my life, I am the most balanced today talking to you. Wow, that's awesome. I am I am literally the most balanced. And the reason I am is because number one, I stopped leading from a place of scarcity and fear. Mm. Number two, I became honest with myself about what is needed to make me happy. And I thought it was being married. I thought it was doing what everybody wanted me to do. I thought it was making everybody happy, everybody in my personal life, everybody at my company. You want to raise? Sure. You want me to have somebody bring you lunch? Okay. I mean, I did so such ridiculous things. <laughs> I mean, good for them. They probably right. were like, oh, yay, look at this company <laughs> did for me. But it was amazing. silly for me. Yeah. But I was so insecure. You know, I was so insecure. Yeah. And then the other thing was um, I, I truly, it's kind of the third thing is two parts where a couple years ago, we went through this process to, it's called ISO certification. So basically standardizing a lot of what we do. And along with that, which I really started doing recently is handing off the things I really despise mm. because I was just, again, so fearful of letting things go and really growing and growing too quickly. Cause that's something I noticed in the government space is people would grow really fast because th- th- here's the unique thing with the federal government, you could literally win a contract tomorrow and inherit like 10 people or 50 people. And maybe it was just you. And then you're like, oh my gosh, now there's 11 of us. Right. I mean, it's a very interesting space. And so what would also happen is the opposite where there's companies that were 50, 60 million. And I look now and they're 15, 10. And so I didn't want to get to the point where I was like, man, I'm spending all this money and not. So the biggest changes have really, those three have led to my happiness and to the Mm -hmm. balance. So how do I, how do I achieve that? One is delegating all the things I don't like. Number two, I've really handed over my main businesses, including K Parks Consulting to my director of getting things done and different team members. So I'm not involved. Mm -hmm. There's like a couple things I do because I like doing it, but I'm not involved in like really anything else. 
Um, the other thing I do is I was always, I felt guilty like, oh, well, if I go to the pool during the day, like that's wrong or, and, and mind you, like I live in a building where I have a pool and I'm two blocks from the beach. And I would just be like, well, I can't go to the beach. It was just a lot of that. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I, I can't do this for myself. Not anymore. Like yesterday, I took a, a one-hour call with my lawyer in the pool. He had <laughs> no <awesome>. idea. <laughs> he had no idea. So, I mean, so it's really giving yourself permission. Mm-hmm. It's key. It doesn't have to be monetary. It doesn't have to be, oh my gosh, I gave myself a raise, but how am I going to pay for it? But just giving yourself permission so as you're putting in the thousand hours a week, you don't feel like a rat, you know, in a, in a, a hamster in a real wheel. And that's really helped with my balance in that I focus also on my health and my wellness. I work out anywhere from four to seven days a week. I do the things that I like to do. I delegate, I'm working on all these passion projects. You know, I'm finally now exploring being a mom and so, I mean, this is all super new for me and it's, and, but I feel like it's the right time mm-hmm. It's definitely the right time. And so you just have to ask yourself, I'll kind of close with this, with this, with your question is you have to also ask yourself, what does, you know, balance look like for you? Cause this is my balance balance for you may look completely different, mm-hmm. but it's just getting you to be happy and not to be resentful. I was resentful. Oh my gosh. I was so resentful with certain team members, so resentful for how I allowed myself to be treated. And I was like, I can't run a company and say, I value everyone on my team. And then I'm like hating people on my team. Right. right. Like that's bad. <laughs> that's really Sustainable bad. probably. <laughs> no, it's not. So, oh my yeah, gosh. Oh, I love, I love that you've talked about giving permission because yeah, I think, you know, you know, we, we get into business to have the freedom to do things like that. But yeah, I feel like sometimes when I'm take a break during the middle of the day, it's like, Oh, what are you doing? You know, it's like, there's still like this like stereotype or thought in like ingrained, like you should be at your desk from nine to five. You know what I mean? Which is not what I want. That's not why I wanted to like get into business, you know? Um, but yeah. And I love that you just, point that out that we, we get to make up the rules, you know, like that's, what's awesome. So give ourselves permission to do the things that we want to do while still growing the business. Well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so true is like, you have to give yourself that permission while you're growing the business and it's, and it's challenging Mm -hmm. to overcome a lot of those things that are ingrained in our head about the work hours. I know, I had a hard time, like literally 10 years I worked for this online school. And I mean, I had my moments and the reason I did it is because I was like, well, if things fall apart, I have a paycheck. Now, mind you, (laughs) this paycheck was, I mean, it was a little bit of money, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't even cover my rent, but it was like that mindset of like, I have to have this check from another place. And like, it literally took me 10 years. And then I was like, you know what? I'm writing my letter of resignation. Like (laughs) I hate doing this. I'm not very good anymore. And I'm like, you know, clearly I'm not into this. And I, and and so you, but you, it's okay to, to have those feelings because it's natural where nobody, you when in school are people, do people really push or encourage and say, yeah, you should start a business or be an influencer or get into cryptocurrency or, I mean, that doesn't really come up. It's go to Mm -mm. school, go to college, get a job and 
have a 401k. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, I, my major was in business and this is 20 years ago, you know, but yeah, it was never that push of like, yeah, you should start your own thing. It's like, no, you can take this into the corporate world and climb that ladder, you know? Like, yeah. It's just crazy. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love that you pointed all that out. And I love that you pointed out too about, um, you know, getting like coming, not from a place of fear and scarcity. Cause I think, you know, that's again, a kind of another mindset thing that, um, I know I have dealt with for a long time, you know, but, but I did, I wasn't really taught in school or by family to like think differently or like to not come from that place. You know what I mean? Um, so that's just like, that's a game changer too. That changes so much. It, it sure does because as an entrepreneur, you're, you're always innovating mm-hmm. you and, and you're going to always, there's, there's going to be discomfort. <laughs> so <laughs> a lot of, it. <laughs> and, and a lot of discomfort, a lot of innovation, a lot of, I always say you're really building it while you're flying a lot of, I mean, even today there's things that I'm like, oh my gosh, I, how am, like we had, like we had a situation for instance, where someone someone in the state of Ohio said they worked for us and filed an unemployment claim and the state was about to pay it. Oh God. And they never worked for us. That's crazy. And I was like, wow, like little old KPC. They, I know you big time. They're claiming you. (laughs) I know. But then I thought, well, that's a good hustle because you know, you're, if, if a small company isn't well organized, then they may not realize that somebody's filed a claim in another yeah. state. Mm-hmm. And so we're super organized, as I talked about with the ISO. So we took care of it. But like, I had no blueprint for how to deal with person who made up job <laughs> and a filed for unemployment. Right. I was like, this, this is crazy. That's nuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's um, lots of Googling I've learned along the way, you know. <laughs> Yeah, you definitely have to Google and definitely, you know, listen to podcasts like this one because there's no matter, you know, your business, if you have nothing to do with the federal government, maybe you have no interest and ever have anything to do with the federal government, the situations I encounter are still the same as yours. Mm -hmm. For those of you that are listening, there are things that that are super unique to owning a business, even if you don't have many employees, even if it's just one person you're still dealing with the trials and tribulations of balancing, bringing in clients, having cash, you know, fulfilling whatever you're providing product service. And it's, it's, it can be a lot. Yeah, totally. Another thing that just popped into my mind too, is that I feel like we weren't taught or, you know, as entrepreneurs, we're kind of scared to lean into is kind of like listening to like our gut and our intuition. You know what I mean? Cause we're always like, we, we should do this way because that's how it's been done. Or, you know, that's how like so-and-so says it instead of kind of like just leaning into something that may not make like 100% sense, but you know that it, it that's what you, the way you should go. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I've had so many of those moments where I didn't listen and I've had many moments where I did listen. <laughs> the, the struggle that or what I encourage is you, you just got to kind of ponder the feeling mm-hmm. and act fast. 
Because there was a time recently where my gut was like, what are you doing? But sometimes I just act and then I'm like, oh no, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> but it's, it kind of worked its way. It kind of worked itself out. Yeah. But yeah, there's definitely those times where the flags were there. My gut was like something was wrong, but then I did. But again, I didn't trust myself. I was insecure yeah. to trust myself, but now I'm much better at that. Or I will ask someone, like I'll run it by maybe somebody in my company and say, Hey, this situation has occurred. What do you think of it? And and just hear what they say. Like, I don't say like, I'm, I'm questioning it. I, I just want their, their honest opinion. Mm-hmm. And that's really helpful because there are just, there's just always, there's always just weird things that happen. All I right. can say, it's like weird things happen all the time. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. That's entrepreneurship, huh? <laughs> yes, it is weird stuff. Nonstop. Yep, totally. Um, so what's your favorite or most effective way that you market your business? You know, that's a, that's a good question. So going through a lot of that. So with, I have three companies that provide services to the federal government. And then I have a fourth company, GovCon Winners, where I help service-based businesses learn how to win profitable, uh, um, profitable contracts with the government. So mm-hmm. for the first three, it's primarily through um, interpersonal kind of touch points. Is I have a, a BD guy, David, Mm-hmm. who reaches out to government agencies and I have a team member that takes phone calls. What we also do is we respond to opportunities that make sense, that fit what we provide and follow the different government ways of bidding on the work. What we also do is we keep in contact with previous clients. Cause like, for instance, we had a client and Um, we had some work with them for a year. We kept in contact with them, uh, about two years later, which is just now we got a half a million dollar contract with them. Nice. So, and it's just literally from just keeping in touch. And so we do a lot of that. Um, I don't use social media as much. Like I have a presence on LinkedIn and Instagram, but the way what we're offering to the federal government, the way that we go about it, you know, what's, it's so interesting because you, you could be a multi-million dollar government contracting company and have like zero social media presence, except for your website. Right. So it's a very interesting space. And then on the opposite side with GovCon winners, I'm actually working on that right now. So I'm going to start rolling out more content on LinkedIn, hold webinars, and just have ads and do things of that nature because this is one of my passion projects and it's very new. Like Mm -hmm. I know marketing works. I've had paying clients for GovCon winners long before I even had a website. (laughs) And and, and that literally just came from LinkedIn content, came Mm -hmm. from my videos. It came from talking about our government wins. So I want those listening to also know that you don't have to have a massive marketing budget or spend a ton on Facebook ads. It's really about you or about, you know, what you're offering and it, how it resolves issues or, in, or how it adds to somebody's life. So um, again, organically through the federal government and going to really start leveraging ads and social for GovCon winners. 
Nice. Well, yeah. And I love that you say, you know, you know, you kept in touch with a client and now two years later you have another contract. Like that's, yeah. that's applicable to any business. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. as long as you keep in touch, stay top of mind, you know, provide that service. It's so much easier. They've already worked with you. You know, they have that trust. They know you, that familiarity, like those, I think that's something that we, you know, everybody's like, Oh, I gotta go and get new. And I have to like brand awareness and bring all these new leads in. But the people we already work with and we love working with and they were happy with, like, why not stay in touch or even like send a Christmas card or something? You know what I mean? Like just those ways of those touch points, like you said, I think are just so, so much more effective, you know? They definitely are because it shows that you're, you're genuine. Yeah. Totally. And, and it was because it was, it was never, Hey, how are you? Do you have money to pay for some new services? Because some people do that. Yeah, it was yeah, never absolutely. that. It was very genuine. And um, actually, two opportunities came up. One we didn't get, but I think something happened behind the scenes. <laughs> and so then, then for this one, um, we received it. And then they shared that they just hadn't received any money for their budget. And that's something, again, that applies to all business owners is, just because someone isn't a repeat customer doesn't mean it's a reflection of what you offer. Mm-hmm. It could just be maybe they don't have the money right now and maybe in the future they may. So it's it's important to keep adding value to them. You could yeah. put them in an email list or a newsletter or send them, hey, here's some private content for you. Don't share with anyone because you've purchased from us before, that kind of thing. Like still make them feel special. Uh, even though they're not necessarily opening their wallet at this time. Yeah, totally. I love that. It is so true. And I mean, the, you know, I feel like a lot of times, you know, we expect people to, you know, quickly like make a decision or quickly like do business with us. But a lot of times, you know, like, like you're saying, they don't have the budget or they're not quite ready or, you know, the, the, like that journey, I feel like can be long sometimes. Sometimes it can be short. It can be turned around really quick, but the majority of people, it takes a little while, you know, so just, like you said, keep sending them content, staying in touch with them. Like that's, I think that's such an awesome strategy. Yeah. Thank you. It definitely is. And it works. It definitely pays yeah. off. Mm-hmm, totally. Awesome. Um, so I know I used like the buzzword work-life balance earlier. I'm going to throw out another one comfort zones because <laughs> we all love them. Um, like what do you do to help your business grow and, you know, getting out of your comfort zone? And do you have any tips on that? excuse me, I do. I definitely do. So a few years in about four, four, five years into owning KPC, I knew I needed to pivot because I kind of was put into this diversity role. I didn't go, I didn't study diversity in graduate school. It was a function of the graduate research fellowship. I liked it. And then I think I've looked the part and bam, I I mean, literally I became like this diversity expert. I even have a, um, edited book. So, so (laughs) I was just like, okay, this is great. But what I started to do was to, I started analyzing the landscape and the company that we were partnered with the owner, I think at that time, I think she, yeah, I think she had a few grandchildren and I thought to myself, okay, so I'm going to be a you know grandparent age submitting proposals for diversity stuff. I was like, okay, you know, and like her, what she offered had changed a bit, of course, but 
you know, I was just kind of observing. I was like, okay, because she was primarily on the private side. Then on the federal side, what I noticed was companies would win like, like some, let's say a diversity contract or, or a training contract. It could be sizable. It could be a million dollars. It could be a thousand dollars. And I thought, well, what happens after that? Mm-hmm. So is it that I have to keep selling this training or diversity to who? Like every agency isn't going to buy this or every private sector client isn't going to buy this. Like there's, you have to have more. And I'm like, this is not enough. And and then also around that same time, I had reached out to several government contractors and would take them out to lunch and pick their brains. And several of them said, you need to have full-time equivalents that provide revenue every month and you need a multiple year contract. They were like, Mm -hmm. that's how you make your money in government contracting. And I thought, okay. So I was like, I need to pivot out of diversity and inclusion or forever. I will be known as the diversity person. Mm -hmm. And so what we did is we got connected to this opportunity with a USDA to provide um, distance learning training and technology solutions. And so I, I ended up going from two employees to seven overnight. And I started offering IT services, curriculum development, graphic design, and they have been a client of ours for almost 10 years. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So that really helped because, you know, before diversity was my comfort zone, then shifted to training. And then I shifted again. Because training is one of these areas where a lot of people offer it and it and often is looked at as a commodity. So I was like, okay, well, what other areas should I get into? So we're, we're having, we're working on these profitable efforts. So then I shifted to bidding on religious staffing positions. So I have a Catholic parish team member in Hawaii. We used to have a Catholic youth coordinator. The federal government purchases a lot of Catholic, Protestant, Jewish, and other religious positions for primarily the Army, Air Force, and Navy. And so I was like, okay, that's cool. I can do that. And then we um, offer all kinds of positions. Now we have admin, we have um, we provide specialized um, training. We inspect vape shops all across America. So I keep pivoting and pivoting and pivoting and pivoting because everything that we do, it's still centered around we make lives easier, period. That's what we do. And it's because they're using taxpayer dollars. And so I always encourage my team to do the same, that we're not just one type of business. And you have, I think it's so important to be open-minded and, and to be uncomfortable. It's okay to be like that because then it's going to open up additional revenue streams. So if something happens, you're not in this predicament because you put all your eggs in one basket. Yes. Oh, I love that. It's so true. Yeah. Cause I think, you know, a lot of times we, as business owners, it's like, you know, and then we kind of hear that advice, or at least I'm talking in my <laughs> experience, you know, it's like, you need to offer one thing or two things and just be really, really good at that. You know? And I'm just like, eh, that doesn't feel right to me. Like that might feel right to other people. And that's rad, you know? Um, but I do, I love the idea of different streams of income, you know, and, and if it's serving 
a, a need that people, you know, people need, then why not offer that? You know what I mean? Like, instead of just being like, no, I have to stick to this or I have to like, I've never niched down either when everybody's like, you need to pick a niche. And I'm like, no, I don't, I don't want to, you know? Right. Um, Cause it's like, uh, yes, marketing, you know, there's all kinds of strategies in different businesses. They just need to be adapted to that business, you know, but um, I just, I have always felt like I've never had to do that, but I just, I'd love that you say that because it, it opens up so many more opportunities. Yeah, it, it definitely does. It, it's been such a blessing to have these other opportunities because it, not only has it helped us with revenue, it's helped us with skill sets Yeah, where we, the, the type of skills that my team has developed from our work with the FDA, it's just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just phenomenal. And then from that, it's allowed my team to really empower and grow other team members. And so then it has this, you know, this kind of the trickle down kind of effect because everybody's being lifted up because we now need to figure out how do we best handle a project where we're dealing with a product that's sold that people have died from, you know, vaping mm-hmm. where it's just, a, it's, it's completely different. And then on the flip side, it's, you know, we have like an exercise physiologist at Tinker Air Force Base well, there's different skill sets that are required to make sure she's good, that mm-hmm. she's being taken care of. She's accomplishing her mission, that the government is happy with what she's doing because she's making sure that airmen and women are passing different tests and things of that nature. So that's like a whole nother kind of skill set. And, yeah. and so it's just, it makes it so, I think it's just so much fun. And, and I want to also emphasize that the large companies, the IBMs, the Lockheed Martins, the Deloitte's, they all provide a slew of services. They just don't talk about it. It's not sexy to say, oh yeah, we have a, a janitorial contract. <laughs> Nobody wants to talk about that. Yeah. But I promise you they do. <laughs> I believe it. And so, <laughs> so, you know, so I'm like, how is that any different that you know, if you, maybe you're running a marketing company, but you're like, man, I really love handbags. I want to like go on Alibaba and like flip some handbags. Okay. Well, why couldn't you? Or maybe you find a different source of them, but either way you can do both. So also don't think that you have to just stick to the one business you're in. You could have multiple businesses at the same time. Yes. Oh, I love it. I 100% agree. Awesome. Yeah. And it's fun. You know, it's like, it's, it, you know, like you said, um, it's also fun and there's growth involved, more opportunity. Like I just, I feel like it's such a positive, I mean, granted, you know, you might want to start with one and build up because to do a bunch all at once might be overwhelming, but I mean, you know, to each their own for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so true. It is. I mean, it's, I don't know if I could have had more than one out of the gate. And when I had the three, it's, it's good. It's with the way it's set up, it works really well. And now I'm definitely in the place where, um, I can devote time to my passion projects because everything else is, they're all, it's working really well. That's awesome. That is so awesome. Well, cool. We are to your last few questions on you, what your favorites are. Um, so what is your favorite book? 
My one of my favorite books is by David Goggins. I and love it's, him. It, <laughs> I love his Can't Hurt Me book. It has a longer title, but if you Google David Goggins, it'll come up and I I recommend everyone run and get the audible version because mm-hmm. it's set up more like a podcast. Mm-hmm. And that book is just it motivated me so much that because he set a, a world record. I set a world record this past May because of him. <gasps> What'd you do? I set a world record for most skips of a rope in flip flops for 60 seconds. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. A, but get this. It was like 182 jumps in 60 seconds. Oh my That's God. three more than three a second. That's insane. Like, did you train uh, yeah. for this? Like I'm, I'm kind of mind blown right now. Because, like, <laughs> I did. I did. I trained and I had to go through all this like certification. And then the guy with the jacket gave me the news on zoom. I mean, oh it was so crazy. Yeah. Three hops a second. That's ins- I, my daughter yeah. has a jump rope and I tried doing it once, like not that long ago. And it gave me a headache. <laughs> like after like two minutes, I was like, how did I do this as a kid and think it was fun? <laughs> I know it's dizzying. Yeah. Wow. That is rag. Congratulations. Well, thank you. Um, I didn't know we had a book. Like I, I'm, I'm kind of newer introduced to him. One of my friends is a runner and he shares a lot of his oh. posts. Um, and I just kind of got on his Instagram, but that way, and I'm just like, oh my God, this guy's amazing. And so I've just been following his Instagram and stuff, but yeah, I, I'm going to get, I love listening to books on, on audio audible now. Yeah. You're going to love it and be does prepared. He, does he read it? He doesn't read okay. it. However, at the end of every chapter, the gentleman who reads it and David talk because mm. David's life was parts of it were just horrendous. Mm-hmm. So have tissues around. Okay. Good to know. Because it's fair. The, it's very, very sad. And they talk about it. And, and some of the, um, content from the book, David expands on it. Uh, they do a really good job of, of just emphasizing that the stories in there are true and that they did so much research to validate them. Cause I promise by the time you get through like a half of the book, it's like, I can't believe all this really happened. Not that it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's so wild with his life. And so it's just, but it's so motivational. Cause I think, man, he, he still hasn't quit. Like he's still out there hammering. He's still hammering (laughs) and he's still carrying the boats. And it's like, I'm like, how I got to do the same. So I love David Goggins. I love the book. Please go listen to it on audible. Yes, I will. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we have a little book club. And so that's going to be that might be our October one because I haven't picked one yet. Um, Awesome. Okay. I am excited. Um, What's your favorite drink? Can be anything. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. I love coffee. Mm -hmm. I would say that's probably my favorite is like, there's a, there's a company called, it's spelled S-E-Y. I'm not sure if it's pronounced C or say, cause they say say it where I go for it. Their Colombian coffee is, oh my gosh, so amazing. Coffee's hands down my favorite. And then, okay. Tide. I'm okay. Tide for favorite with coffee <laughs> is water. I drink like probably a gallon and a half of water a day. I love water. I know I do too. And it's funny. I used to hate it. Like I hated it. 
Um, but now, now that I like drink it so much, I'm like, I can't get enough of this stuff. Yeah. I can't either. I love water. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's your favorite thing to do to relax? Oh man. To relax. I love like talking on the phone with certain friends that don't stress me out <laughs> with <laughs> going on YouTube. Um, sometimes I may go for a walk. It's usually like YouTube, Netflix kind of thing. Yeah, I hear you. Um, oh, so that goes into my next question. What's your favorite thing to watch? I have a few. So I, um, oh my gosh, the Umbrella Academy is so good. Stranger Things is so good. I love, okay, I love like American Greed kind of shows. Mm-hmm. And there's this guy named Coffeezilla on YouTube and his content is kind of like that. Like he always exposes scammers. Oh. I love his videos so much. So I watch those a lot and documentaries. Like I just watched um, a documentary about a, a multi-level marketing company and just anything like that. Like there's scandal and there's suspense and it's based on, <laughs> you know, something kind of true. I love that stuff. Yeah. Oh, that's, those are interesting. Um, just to make me think of my kids watch this one guy on YouTube called Mark Rober. Have you ever heard of him? He's like Ooh. a physicist or like a, like, no, he works for NASA. He's an engineer. Good Lord. Ooh. Um, he, oh my God, he does. He's like the guy that got like, he went viral, I think for building this like squirrel, like jungle gym in his backyard. Cause they kept stealing all of his nuts that he put out for birds. Because he wanted to become like a bird watcher during the pandemic when we first went into lockdown. Oh, um, it's hilarious. it's awesome. He's done it twice and he is just hilarious. But then there's this one, there's few that he does every once in a while where he puts like these packages for people and people steal them. But he like puts like, I think it's like deer pee in them and then like sprinkles like when they open the box because I think they stole something. It like explodes with like confetti and like pee. Smell. It's hilarious. Oh my gosh. I know you'll have to look it up. I'm not doing a very good job of explaining it, but it is. No, hilarious. I love that. No, I love that. Cause I've seen content of where people steal the Amazon boxes. And then when they open it there, they have that, that something like that happens. No, I love that. And I love science. Like yeah. anything like that is super cool. Yeah. It's really rad. Like even as an adult, I'm like, can we watch, you know, Mark Rober? They're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, and lastly, where, uh, where's your favorite place to go? Oh man, there's so many places. Oh my gosh. It's so hard. It's so hard. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I get like, okay, I love going home. Like I do, I, I think right now, like I like, okay, Miami Beach where I live, it's like a love hate. Like I love <laughs> it because so many people travel there and just lose themselves and love it and have fun. And it's like, there's always something going on in Miami beach, but at the same time, I'm like, Oh gosh, why do I still live here? So I'm like over it. So it's, it's really, really hard to say my favorite because I'm the kind of person that likes choice and options. So, um, yeah, so I, I, I don't have a clear cut answer on that one. Okay. I like it. Um, uh, so yeah, lastly, where can everybody find you to connect with you more? Um, you said you're on LinkedIn, right? And Instagram, um, and any websites, I know you're launching a few passion projects. So if you yeah. want to share those. 
Yes, definitely LinkedIn, definitely Instagram. You can't miss me, Kizzy M. Parks on Instagram, Kizzy M. Parks on LinkedIn. My newest passion project is Gov, like G-O-V, like victory, GovConWinners, www.govconwinners.com. You'll see my page advertising a course and it's going to evolve into more as time goes on. But right now it'll be a live course. I also, um, you know, regularly have content on LinkedIn and also Twitter, but feel free to DM me on Instagram or LinkedIn and just say, Hey, you know, I listened to the podcast and I'll get in touch with you. Uh, other than that, just, you know, just, just reach out through, yeah, just through social media. That's it for now. Awesome. Well, yeah, this has been such a fun conversation. Um, I really enjoyed it and just really appreciate your time. Cause I know you've got multiple businesses and you're busy. Um, so yeah, I'm so glad we were able to connect. Well, same here. I really appreciate it. I can't thank you enough, Nicole. Yeah, I look forward to staying uh, in contact. And yeah, I will put all of this awesomeness in the podcast notes. So yeah, well, enjoy the rest of your day. Well, thank you. And you too. Thanks. And thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back next week.